If you could turn in your Bibles, please, to the book of Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, we started a series um, about three weeks ago on the book of Philippians. We're talking about living lives that result in praise and glory to God. And um, it's wonderful when we start to delve into the book of Philippians because I think it was written not only to the church at Philippi by Paul, but I think it was written uh, for Lyft and for the church worldwide during this time of the pandemic and the things that we are going through as a people. And so I find it a very encouraging letter that um, God, in a sense, is writing to us. And so um, if you have your Bibles open at Philippians chapter 1, and we're going to be reading verses 1 to 11. So I trust that all of you have turned to that passage. You saw in Acts chapter 16, um, from verse 13, when in, in the beginning of our service, when we read that passage of Scripture, how the church at Philippi was formed. And we see that it was formed around a group of ladies who heard the gospel, which is the good news about Jesus and the incredible plan that God has for the lives of people. And those ladies were so intrigued and drawn by that message that they opened up their hearts and God did a powerful work with them. The church was established and Paul visited them on a number of occasions and also writes this letter to them to encourage them while he is in a very difficult position himself. He finds himself in prison and he is changed to a prison guard and uh, we noted a few weeks ago that they didn't feed him in prison. He had to be fed by outsiders, by family or by friends. So they would bring the food to him. And so it was a very difficult position that Paul found himself in and some of the support that he received were from the churches and some from the Philippians. And he's very honest with them and he says to them, there were times when not even you could meet my need, but God supplied my needs over all. And so he writes um, to them in this way. Um, as we read, the key scripture is found in verse 6 that we are looking at, and we're going to come to it in just a few moments. So let's read from Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. Timothy's name means he who honors God. Isn't that a beautiful name? To all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all of my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy 
because of your partnership or your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. We're going to be looking at that verse this morning. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart and whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So this passage is an amazing passage of scripture and our key thought for this whole series is that we live our lives to the glory and the praise of God. And uh, verse 11 is, is, is that big, big truth that not only stands out in Paul's writings and in the book of Philippi here, the book of Philippians, but I believe it's, it should be that overwhelming principle within our own lives that whatever fruit of righteousness that comes to us through Jesus Christ, whatever successes spiritually, or even physically and natural that comes to us, that, Paul says, is to the glory and the praise of God. And I think that as people, generally speaking, we are so wealthy. Would you agree? We are so wealthy. All of that wealth, both materially, physically, but also spiritually, Paul calls it the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. He says, our lives should be lived in that way to the glory and to the praise of God. And I must say that's a fresh challenge to me, that my life would count for God in a way that it would be to his glory and to his praise. So that's the big thought that we are looking at within this book. How can we live lives that bring glory and praise to God? And then for this morning, we want to look at verse 6, um, which says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Have any of you ever quoted that verse? If you have, would you just put up your hand? Okay. You know, it's a very familiar verse. And it's one of those verses that you will learn in kids' church and that your parents will teach you as well. And it is one of those verses that is always a go-to verse when people go through a difficult time. We would say to them, you know, that he who began a good work with you, he will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And I must say, as I've delved into this verse, and particularly for the last few weeks, it's become even more richer in its expression. 
And I have found that it's not just a clever statement that we make. It is a statement of intent that God makes towards each and every one of us when he says that, um, I'm confident of this, Paul says, that he, God, who began a good work within you, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. What an incredible passage of scripture. If you are prone to discouragement, this verse of scripture ought to help you to work through that discouragement. And this passage of scripture, this truth, should help you within the next weeks to step above that discouragement. Because it is not only a reference to what God did in the past that we will look at. It is not only a reference to what he's doing now within our lives. But it is a prophetic word. And that means that God is saying this is what your life will look like into the future. And God says this is what I am committed to. To finish the work within your life that I've started. And I don't know about you, that if you have any sense of a desire towards God, that will fuel your faith. Do not give up when you go through the difficulties that all of us face. Not to give up on people when they go through certain difficulties and you get disappointed in them. Don't give up. When you understand the scripture, even for those people who disappoint you, God says, lift your spirits today. Because the work that I've started within them, I'm going to complete. So it is definitely a statement of intent, but it's a prophetic statement to tell us that God is really committed to finishing what he started within your life. I think it was either Wednesday or Thursday, we celebrated the fact that Jenny and I and Chris came to Switzerland eight years ago. And... Wednesday afternoon for the first time, we uh, tested positive a few weeks ago, Jen and I, and for the first time on Wednesday, I came in the afternoon because I, I just didn't want to be around people in the morning because there's a whole lot of people here in the morning, and so I came in the afternoon and just working through that scripture, and I just wanted to really thank God for the eight years that Jen and I was here, and I was so aware that... Um, our lives for the last eight years needed to reflect praise and glory to his name. And, and, and as I was praying, I said, God, so often my life hasn't reflected that praise and that glory to your name in the way that I should have. There's been times when I was, I was discouraged. There was times I got disappointed and my life didn't quite reflect glory and praise to your name. And as I was praying this on Wednesday and on Thursday afternoon, both of those days, I started praying for the church. And I started praying this verse in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 for you. And for those who I met eight years ago and for those who's going to come to the church. And I prayed this and I said, God, the work that you began in all of these people and in us, I pray that you would carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. And as I was praying, I just saw some of your faces 
before me and I said, Lord, would you complete your work? Would you complete your work in that person's life? Would you complete your work in that person's life? Would you complete your work in that person's life? And then I changed it and I said, Lord, would you complete your work in Piet and Jenny and Chris's and Ryan's life? You see, I have a practice. And even this morning when I got up, I just sat in bed and I was just praying for today. And as I was praying for us, whenever I pray for us, it's a habit of mine to pray for my two sons, Ryan in New Zealand, and Chris in Barcelona, and I said, Lord, the work that you started within my children's lives, would you complete it? Isn't that beautiful? Would you complete it? There is such meaning and there is just such truth in this passage of scripture that we can ask God to do that because indeed, this is a prophetic word that we can hang our faith on. Who disappointed you over the last five years or over the last few months that you were praying for and you just are not seeing the fruit of righteousness within their lives as Paul says here. He says filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Who is it maybe in your own life you're not seeing the fruit of righteousness and you're disappointed in yourself? Or is it maybe in your wife or your husband? You've been praying for them and you're not seeing the fruit of righteousness in their lives. Or maybe is it your children or parents? I know my mother prayed for my dad for almost 40 years and then one day she saw the fruit of righteousness within his life to the praise and glory of Christ Jesus. Whatever place you are finding yourselves at, I believe God would say to you and I today (laughs) that the work that he started, that he's going to finish it. He's going to finish it. Don't be discouraged. Don't lose heart. God says, that is my job. I'm going to do it. You know, I really do feel sometimes, and, and as pastors, oftentimes we work with people and we get so discouraged because we don't see the fruit of righteousness within their lives. And we get discouraged and we say, you know, why am I doing this? And it's just very interesting. I read a quote from another pastor the other day and he said, pastors don't think that you could change the hearts of people. Only God could do that. Would you agree? People... Don't think that you can change the heart of your spouse. Don't think that you can change the heart of your children. That work belongs to God. Can we influence them? Absolutely. Can we feed truth into their minds so that their thought patterns can be renewed? Absolutely. But do we have the power to change the hearts of people? No. Only God can do that. And so this passage of scripture is a scripture of such intent, with such power, with such authority that God says that when Jesus comes, the work will be completed. And so this morning, as we continue to look at this scripture, at this wonderful passage of the book of Philippians, I just want you to cast off the doubts this morning that hang over your head, over your husband or your wife or your children or your friends or even yourself. 
Just cast those doubts off and believe what God's word says today. Believe it. Because the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that the word of God is living. (laughs) It's not a dead word. It's a living word. This word is a living word. And so you can trust the living word of God. And it says that word will go deep. It will go deep. Remember one of our values for this year is that we must go deep with God. This word will go deep within your spirit. And when it does, it starts to produce the fruit of righteousness. It produces the fruit of life within you. So just cast off those doubts and believe what God is saying and start living in the prophetic destiny that God has for you, for your wife, for your husband, for your friends. Start living in that. Like I said, I pray, when I pray for you, I pray for my two sons. And I just said, God, remember them. Do this work that you've started within them. And my friends, there is something of the very life of God that erupts within them. Paul does answer three questions here. The first question that Paul answers is, what is the good work that was started in the Philippians? What is the good work? You know, and so what we need to do is we need to look back when we answer that question, what is the good work? That was begun. Remember here in the book of Philippians, in Acts chapter 16, the scripture we read in the beginning of the service, Paul goes back to the start of the church of Philippi. And he's speaking to these very, very same people and some new people, and he says, I want to take your minds back to that first day when the gospel sparked life within you. He says, I want to take you back to that day. Look backwards. And as you look backwards, he's saying to the church at Philippi, he says, the work that God begun there, he's going to complete when Jesus returns. So he encourages the church at Philippi. Remember, the church was under persecution. Paul was in prison because he preached the gospel. He encourages the church. Isn't that an amazing thing, him and Silas? They encourage the church. And so he says to He says, you know, remember those ladies who sat at the river underneath the tree, he says, who first responded to the gospel? He says, hey, God is going to complete that work within you. Don't give up. I know it's hard. I know you guys haven't seen me for a while. I know sometimes your faith wavers. He says, but don't give up. He says, look back. The work that I've started, I'm going to complete. And he says, you know, very, very clearly here, he says, um, you know, being confident of this, that um, he who began a good work will carry it on in um, until the day of Jesus Christ. And so we see here that he is so intent for them to understand it, but he uses a word here. He uses the word confident in verse 6. He says, I'm confident that he will complete the work. He uses the word confident here, uh, or the word persuaded in other translations. Um, Paul was a man of great conviction. So when he writes, when he speaks, he speaks with such a sense of conviction. And he uses the word confident in verse 6, translated 23 times in his letters. He uses the word confident or persuaded. 
In Philippians, you'll find this word six times. He says, I'm confident of this fact. So he says, I am confident that the work that God started, that he'll complete it. What is that work? It was when the gospel sparked life into your spirit and you were transformed and you were changed in Jesus' own words. It's that day when you were born again. Not naturally, but spiritually. He says, I want to take you back to that day. Look backwards. My friends, it is good every now and then. If we are going to look backwards, we look backwards to the day when Jesus cancelled out our sin. When he removed our guilt and he covered our shame through his blood. It's good to go back and to reference that event within our lives. If you don't have such an event and God revealed himself to you over a period of time, it could be over a year or so. I've seen it here at Lyft, people come in and over a year, year and a half, suddenly they find out that God has changed their lives. Why don't you go back to that time? It's the work that he started within you, my friends. He is going to complete it. You would say, but Piet, I messed up terribly after I got saved. I actually messed up last week or last year. My friends, the word to you today is, God says, I'm going to complete what I started. You're not big enough to mess up your destiny. God is bigger. God is bigger. I want you to know that today. We sang about how great God is. God has his hand upon your life. He says, I'm going to complete it. But go back and visit where it all started. May that be your reference. I'm going to ask you, can you go back to that time? I remember, not a day, but a period within my own life. I was very fortunate at a very young age to come to know Jesus. And, and I did that just about a couple of weeks ago. I went back to that stage and I started to think about the people who influenced my life positively for Christ. And I could thank God for when the work began within my life. And that's a few years later now and I'm standing here and I'm saying that um, I haven't gotten there yet, but I will get there when Jesus returns. And so don't lose hope. So that's the first thing he says. He says, you know, look backwards. Go backwards and look. The second thing that Paul says, you know, what I want you to do is to look inwardly within your life. So yes, look backwards, but look inwardly. What is going on within your life? What questions are you answering here? You know, you see, you know, Paul is answering that question. He says, what does being brought to completion at the day of Jesus Christ? When we say he's got to complete something, we need to actually look inwardly. If we want to go deep with God, we've got to assess what's happening within our lives. 
Socrates said that the unexamined life is not worth living. (laughs) And so every now and then I think it is good for us. And Paul says that in the book of Corinthians to the Corinthians Christians. He says you need to examine yourself and find out whether you are in the faith. He actually says that to believers. He said go and examine yourself. See where you stand. Inwardly. Have a look at your life. Have a look at your life. Examine where you are at at the moment. Remember, you could take Socrates' word here, the unexamined life. It's not worth living. And and the most beautiful thing is when we start to examine our life inwardly, we need to answer a few questions and say, what type of work is God doing? Times of reflection is good, but never have a time of reflection if you can't bring Jesus into that place. And can I have an amen on that one, please? Because you'll get discouraged. Because we're not very good, even though sometimes we think we are. We're not. We're sinful. At best, we get it wrong. (laughs) And it's a wonderful grace of God. When we bring Jesus into the picture, when we look inwardly, what we find is mercy and grace at its highest point within our lives. Uh, When I examine my own life, it, it is not like, oh, I have arrived. No, when I examine my own life, I say, but for the grace of God, here I stand. That's the beauty of the examined life because again we fall back onto the Lord Jesus and so so Paul says to the church here in Philippi where they are struggling through things he says church he says the work that he has started that work the ongoing work within your life he says God will complete it when Jesus reveals himself but but look at where you all right. And it was just a wonderful thing for me to, to just think back eight years when we arrived and um, just look at the struggles that we had when we came and the challenges that we faced, as many, many of us do. And, and as I was praying, there was a sense of conviction, but a sense of deep passion within my heart. And I was just praying for the church Generally, because within this church, we build up to a point and then people disappear and they go away. And then after two and a half years, a new batch of people come in with the older people and then we've got to rebuild again. So it's very, very hard to say, well, look at the successes that we are building. And it's very good because it humbles all of us, doesn't it? And we admit that we build, we serve and we live for his praise and for his glory and not for our own. That's the attitude that lift people have. And as I was praying over the church this week, I just looked at the amazing people that are still here who hadn't left, who hadn't gone back to their countries and just face after face, I could say, Father, thank you for them because the work that you've started, you're gonna complete And then the wonderful new people who's been here for a few years and the very new people that just arrived, I said, Lord, thank you for the work 
that you've started within them, you're going to complete it. And then I prayed for lift generally. And I said, Lord, even though we build and then we have to rebuild, we build and we have to rebuild. I said, Lord, I thank you for the work that you've started. And I thank you, Lord, for what you will complete. And there was a sense of courage that came up within my heart for the future. So my friends, the unexamined life is not worth living. When we break bread together, which we did a few weeks ago, that's a time when we examine our lives in the light of what Jesus Christ had done. And we always examine ourselves in the light of Jesus and what he's done, his grace and his mercy upon our lives. So we look backwards, the work that he started. We look inwards, the work that he is doing. And then we also look forward, my friends, or we look upwards. And this is the most wonderful point that I would like to spend just a little bit of time on. Um, In this walk, we must look upwards towards Jesus and his coming. And you'll find out within the book of Philippians, especially, and in the book of Thessalonians, Paul emphasizes the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. He says, being confident of this, being persuaded of this, being convicted of this, that he who began a good work, when he looks at it in the past, he says he'll carry it on. That's in the present God is doing things. Carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And he repeats the scripture a number of times. He says in Philippians chapter three, verse 20, he says, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a saviour from there. The Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. My friends, when Jesus comes, he will complete, he'll finish that work that he's committed himself to doing. We live in an age, even as a church, where we seldomly look upwards. Not only to Jesus, but upwards to his coming. I think we're so comfortable within our lives. We've got virtually everything we need financially. We're very secure here in Switzerland, very secure here at Lyft. And um, in a sense, we live like Jesus is never going to come. And yet in the Bible, all of the writers irritates the spirit of the people in such a way. He makes us uncomfortable and he says, you need to live your lives in the light of the coming of Jesus. And he says, when you start to take your eyes off of today, even yesterday, and take your eyes off of today, he says, Put your eyes on Jesus 
and put your eyes on his return because as you do that, there is something amazing that happens and you can see this within the scripture here. There's a purification that happens. Can you see that in the scripture here? Okay, you can't. Let's look at it again. Philippians says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. He will complete that work within your life. It's very, very exciting when we trust God to do the completing work within our lives. You see, you and I will never attain perfection here on the earth as Christians. Anybody feels that they have reached perfection in your life yet? No. But as God works within us and we start to look towards him until that day, you'll read in Philippians time and time again, when he refers to the coming of Jesus, he says there is a purification that takes place as we keep our eyes on him. When we long for him, Paul says in the book of Timothy, he says there is a purification work that he does within our lives. And, and this is very, very exciting. You see, the work that God is committed to, he is absolutely and totally committed to our inner world, to that which you and I can do nothing about. He says, I will complete that work. Now, when you read a little bit later in chapter two and three, he does say that we need to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. So God does expect you and I to take responsibility for our lives, but that's for the outward things within our lives. He does say that you need to love your wife as Christ loves the church. He says, you need to take responsibility for that. Jesus can't take, take responsibility to love your wife. Would you agree? That you need to do. Jesus doesn't take responsibility to bring up your children. He says, you need to do that. It's the outward life. You see, and that's how we balance this concept. God is committed to the inward work within us that you and I can't do, and we need to take our hands off of that. We can't. Do that work within our lives. But there is other stuff that we need to do when we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. It is those things that he's placed within our hands that we need to be responsible for. I've got to serve Bobby and I've got to take care of her needs. You know, when she gives me a phone call, I'll call her and we have a good chat about things. You see, as a pastor, that's what I need to do. Agreed? I have a responsibility. God is not going to do that for you because he's placed me here to do some of that work and for some of you to do that work. My friends, I'm laboring this point because we can very, very easily, when we look at this verse, we could say, well, now I can sit back. God is just going to do everything and I've got no responsibility. It's just not true. He's going to do the inward work with our allies that equips us to love our wives, men, as we should. Wives, for you to love your husband as you should. For us to love each other as we should. And my friends, that we can only do when we look at the Lord Jesus and he enables us then to do all of those things. And so 
this is the last question that Paul answers here. He says, who does this work within us? Is it you and I? He says, no. Jesus will complete the work. That means we look to him, and as we look to him, he works in a very special and in a very definite way within our lives. What are you trusting God for today within your life spiritually? He would say that he is going to complete it. Trust him for that. 1 John chapter 3 verses 2 and 3 says, Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. 1 John chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. Let me read it again for those of you at home in particular. Dear friends, now we are the children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purifies themselves just as he is pure.